0: morning, Church. How y'all doing this morning? All right, so y'all know I like to let y'all into my full experience as a part of the Sunday gathering. So before I came up here, Rachel Soros is giving announcements. Andrew young and Alexa young look over at me. And y'all, they gave me the most scolding, mean face. Like, what are you doing? This is your job. Why are you not up there? And I'm like, first of all, I don't answer to you. And second of all, oh my God, I was so <laughs> intimidated by that. I was like, should I go up there and like help, like help announce? I, I lost all of my, I was like, wow. So good job, because I was like, dang, Alexa got that mom face down, packed. I was like, okay, Alexa, on this Mother's Day, I see you out right here, and now Andrew is saying the connect card, I used to do the connect card thing. And because I wasn't up here, this is, why, this, this, is, this is why they're like, you need to do your job, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, so that was an interesting way to start my morning this morning. Okay, so my name is Jalen Baker, just in case any of you don't know. I serve as pastor resident here, and um, we are still in our series in John. I've been enjoying it, been thoroughly enjoying it. And today we are on, I believe, our second I am statement. I am the light of the world. Before we get started, I'm going to say a prayer for us. And then we're going to dive in. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gift of your word, for the gift of your presence. And this morning, Father, we're thanking you, God, for the gift of life, the gift of life that all of us have because of our mothers and the gift of life because of how much our mothers and motherly figures in our lives have poured into us. So, God, we're thankful this morning and we're grateful. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. I am the light of the world, says Jesus. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Sigmund Freud, one of the most influential psychologists of all time, tells a story of how he was doing a home visit one time. And he noticed during the visit, there was this little boy who was crying out to his mother. He was crying out, Mom. I'm frightened of the dark, can you talk to me? And the mom was a little confused because the mom said, son, I will come to you, but I don't understand why you just want me to speak because speaking will not make the, light, the, the, the darkness go away. And then the little boy said, mom, if I can hear you talking, that is my light. If I can hear that you're there, That makes me feel secure. So what the little boy was saying was, your presence is my security. As long as I have a knowledge and an awareness that you're there, the darkness does not have more power than your presence. Uh, uh, See, 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 I love this this morning because moms, you are the light of your homes. But, but, but I would submit to you this morning that Jesus makes an even bolder claim. I am the light of the world. Love you, mama. But oh, the Savior said, I light this whole thing up. I light the whole world up. And, and, and the brilliance, I would say, of that little child shares with us that The nearness of God, the the closeness of God is the goodness of God. I am the light of the world. I shine a light in the darkness. And I love this because in our own lives, right now, in the past, or we might can even foresee it, darkness can consume our world. Because of trials and tribulations, because of tough circumstances. Darkness can allow us to feel like we have no way out. Darkness can make us feel confused, disoriented. And the lesson here is that when we feel we are in the darkness, just like that little boy, call out to your father. 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 I need to hear you. Father, can you give me an awareness that you are there? Because, see, when I know you're there, Father, I know you're with me. And if you are with me, Father, I know your power will fill me. The nearness of God is the goodness of God. See, see, see. If God is near, it does not mean the alleviation or the elimination of my problems. But what it does guarantee me is that I will have security, affirmation, and love because of his presence. I will have wisdom to navigate what I'm going through. I will have clarity on on, on how I should walk down this path even though it's a little dark because his voice, his presence is with me always. Father, Father, talk to me. And, 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 and here's the thing, we can't just call his name one day and then get mad if we don't hear him the next day. Right, and this, this is hard because here's the thing, it requires a consistency It requires us, it requires diligence on our part to truly hear from God in a clear way. Because, see, when we're not calling on God, when we're not fully uh, pledging our allegiance to God, we're relying on other voices. So it requires consistency. It requires us to call out to our Father daily, daily so that he can light our pathways, so that he can draw near to us and we feel his presence. The nearness of God is the goodness of God. The closeness of God is the goodness of God. I am the light of the world. And it is a true case that Jesus is the light of your world but he's also the light of the entire world, right? He is the light of a world that is seeking with desperation wisdom on what it means to be alive. He is the light of the world that is seeking with desperation, asking the existential questions all the time, what does it mean to live, how do I And Jesus says, boldly, throughout the gospel of John, that I have come to show you the real life. I've come to show you authentic life. The light that I will shine on you will keep you from the temptations and pleasures of the world. The light that I will shine on you will unblind you from your sinful ways. If you follow my light, it will keep you. It will sustain you even when it looks like it's dark, pitch black. Find my light. Follow the light. Call out to me and watch me light up your world. In the midst of all the darkness. Follow my light. And we we can't miss the cosmic nature of these words. Because Jesus is definitely talking as someone who claims to be Savior. He's talking as someone who claims to have the ultimate solution and cure for the world's problems, which is sin sin that so easily besets us, sins that separates us, sin that keeps us from living into the true and wonderful calling God has on our lives. Sin blinds us. Sin shuts our eyes and we're walking around blindly in pitch black. But oh, the light, the marvelous light, the wonderful light, the master opens our eyes and we can see so clearly. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not live in darkness. Now, when it comes to these kind of claims, these absolute claims, you're going to have some naysayers. And, oh, we already know the naysayers going to be in this situation. Them doggone Pharisees. Them jokers there, man. <laughs> the Pharisees, man. I'm going to go up here. So, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So, the Pharisees say to him, You are bearing witness about yourself, and your testimony is not true. But before we dive into this, I want to say this real, real quick. N.T. Wright, New Testament scholar, makes this, 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 this poignant observation, right? He says that the Pharisees were so blinded by their ambition, by their status, by their power, that they quite literally forgot who God really was, right? And this is why they could not recognize the father that Jesus spoke of, right? Goes on to say this highlights why Jesus had to come into the world to be a light. Because if we we remember, Israel, God's chosen nation, was supposed to be a light. Israel was supposed to shine a light to the world and show the world that this is how you live. This is how you embody the law, the morals, the values of God. But see, Israel became a perpetuator of the darkness. They were more known for their sin than their light. So Jesus had to come in and shine a light into that darkness. But the Pharisees are like, Lephaim. We good. We got the law, about it. We know that law. So we don't need your light. We got our own light. And therefore, you get this confrontation. You get this clash. And you know, as much as I want to dog on these Pharisees, <laughs> I have to realize, my own self, that this confrontation models my own life. Can I say more? When it comes to this life, When it comes to to, to following the ways of Jesus or doing it my way. There are times when I'm like, Lord, are you sure? Lord, I think I really do got this thing figured out. God, if I'm being honest, if I do it this way, I can literally see that it will be successful. Right? I can totally see it. (laughs) God's like, fam. you know who you're talking to. Honestly, who do you think you're talking to? I'm God, your Father, your Creator. You know better than me. But see, I can't make fun of these Pharisees because I am them, and they are me, sinners who think we know best when we don't know a doggone thing. We don't know a doggone thing. But this is the, this is the this is the ultimate uh, 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 confrontation. This is the ultimate battle that we all have. God, my life or your life for me, your way for me, your plan for me. So we get this confrontation. It's a spider right there. I'm sorry, y'all. Did y'all see that? Boy, I tell you. That was, that, was, that was something else, doggone it. That was something else. All right. So the Pharisees, right, they like, Jesus, this bold claim you make, on what grounds can you make such a claim? So they challenge him. They say, all right, Jesus, you're being witness about yourself. Your testimony cannot be true. So they're using legal arguments. Hey, let's This make sense. If I steal an apple from the store, I got to go to court because I stole an apple. They say, all right, young man, what is your defense? Your Honor, hey, man, I didn't steal the apple. And they're like, okay, do you got anything else? I'm telling you for myself, I did not steal the apple. Bro, it's looking slow for you, man. You about to pay some kind of fine. You got to go to that store and work for a couple of days. You all you got. And the first is like, bro, you the only one? That kind of testimony does not stand up in the law of court. But here go Jesus. Y'all know him. <laughs> I love the Savior. Let's keep going, Pam. He answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true, for I know where I came from. I created the doggone courts. I created the law. You cannot use the law against the lawmaker. I am the law. And what you fail to realize is that because of my heavenly origin, because of where I come from, that gives me the power, that gives me the substance to testify about things about myself. So his first argument, the reason I can make testimony, self-testimony, is because of my heavenly origin, because of where I come from. He keeps going. He says but you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge, here it is, according to the flesh, according to what you see, taste, touch, and according to your sin, according to your sinful nature. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one, yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true, for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. This is interesting. This is interesting, because I was reading this yesterday, and I was like, you know, Jesus, I ain't trying to come for you or nothing. But you do kind of judge, though. You know, I'm not trying to sit up here and say, you a liar. But help me figure this thing out. You do judge. And when we say judge, rightly evaluate. Like, you rightly evaluate me all the time. So what 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 are you trying to get at here? Well, Jesus is trying to further substantiate that his primary role is that of Savior, not of judge. Right. The father is judge. I am savior. Martin Luther, one of, the, one of the one of the most prominent figures in the Protestant Reformation, he has a wonderful way of looking at this uh, passage, this, this, this way of thinking. Martin Luther says we have to think of Jesus when he says this as a doctor. When a doctor comes in, and he sees someone that is sick. The doctor says, you know, I've seen this before. I have a medical plan that will allow you to get better to feel better. I basically have a cure for you, but you have to do it my way. You have to follow my plan. And if you don't follow my plan, you will continue to be sick, and in this specific case, you are signing your own destinies. Jesus is the existential cosmic spiritual doctor. He is saying that my primary role here is to cure you, is to heal you, is to save you. And if you don't do what I'm telling you to do, then, yes, I will rightly evaluate and judge that you will die. You will be lost. But that's not my primary role, though. I'm the doctor. I want to save and cure you. So this is what he means. And it also foreshadows how Jesus will be judged at the end. It foreshadows that as well. So I was glad. I was, I was, I was glad I, I talked to the Lord about that. I said, Lord, you'd be judging. You'd be judging. But I get you, though. I get you, though. You're my doctor. And sometimes doctors got to judge a little bit. Right? Let's keep going, Pam. So the first point is I can, I can say these things about myself like I am the light of the world because of my heavenly origin, because of where I come from, and because of who sent me. Me because of my unity with the Father. I and the Father are one. The Father sent me to do his will and his work. So therefore I can make these kind of claims. Second claim. He says, <laughs> This is this is sometimes I, I I do read Jesus through the lens of my own of my own context. I think Jesus can be shady sometimes. I think he can. Look at the second thing Jesus said. He says, In your law, <laughs> in your law, in your law, it is written. The testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness by myself, and the father who sent me bears witness about me in your law. You know what's underneath that? Do you jokers realize that the law you're accusing me of, the law you're trying to trick me with, I wrote the law. Do y'all realize that? Do you realize that I was with the father? When when, 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 he, when when he gave the law to Moses to transcribe, in the beginning was the word, the word was God. He was with God since the beginning. In your law. But you, but you know what's underneath this too? What's underneath it is also, y'all have so badly interpreted the law. you so badly, badly applied the law that in your own notion of what the law is, y'all think y'all got me tied up are you kidding me? Here, here again, as much as I like to, to, to just flame on the Pharisees, guess what? I am them. You know why? Let me tell you how I'm them. Every once in a while, we all do it. I'm, I'm going to admit it this morning. Y'all ain't got to admit but I'll admit it. Every once in a while when it comes to life, I like to justify my reason for sinning. Well, you know, Lord, technically, if I do this, it ain't like, I'm like, it ain't like I'm breaking the law. I'm still kind of holy. You'll forgive me, right? It ain't like the worst sin of all time. I mean, there are, there are worse things I've done. And I'm just trying to have a good time, just trying to have fun, just trying to do a little shortcut. And God's like, fam. You cannot outwit me to justify your sin. You cannot use logic to the omniscient one, (laughs) to the one that's omniscient, to justify your sin. No, fam. And, and, And this is what I love about Jesus. Jesus says, I get it. I've been tempted. I know it's hard. I've been where you are. But realize that when I reject the temptation, because I did, you can. Not by your own power, but by my power. Because I know how hard it is for you. And this is why I keep going back to consistency. Right? Because when we are consistently in dialogue and in relationship with our Lord and Savior, our habits change. Sanctification happens. Our habits change. Our minds change. Our behavior changes to where we're no longer trying to justify logically or with wit our sin. We just say, Lord, you know what? You're right. Obedience is the way. Obedience is the best way. The only way for me. The Pharisees tried to use what they knew, which is the law, to outwit, outsmart Jesus, we do the same thing. So when we look at the Pharisees, we can't do like, ugh, those Pharisees. You got to be like, ugh, me. Ugh, sin. Ugh, sinful nature. Ugh, Lord, help me. <laughs> Lord, deliver me. Lord, set me free. So Jesus says, your law says, you need two witnesses. I'm one, and the Father is another one. And you know how the Father is another one? The Father bears witness to the Son through the miraculous signs and wonders the Son performs by the power of the Spirit of the Father. Through the miraculous signs and wonders that Jesus performs by the Father's power, that is the Father being witness to his authority and to his divinity. So therefore, he's a witness. And Jesus is like, hey, man, I do count. <laughs> I count, fam. So you got one plus one. That's two according to your law. Your law. According to your law. That's enough. And then the Pharisees, oh, God bless them, Lord. He said, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. See, here's the thing. When we're so blinded by our own agendas for our lives, when we're so blinded by the excuses we make for ourselves in not doing the holy and righteous thing, when we're so blinded by ambition, power, status, kind of like the Pharisee were, we, God becomes unrecognizable. His voice becomes unrecognizable. Now, his pursuit of us is still there. God is still pursuing us. That's that's who he is. He's faithful to to himself. He made a promise. So he's going to always pursue. But in that pursuit, we don't even recognize him. We don't recognize him because we've been blinded. We're in darkness. But the, the glory and the good news of the gospel is that even in that darkness, we always see these little glimmers of light. Say, is that light I see over there? And we either choose to follow it or we ignore it. Too often, too often, we can ignore it. And, and, And that's not to cause any shame or fear. That is to say, God shines a light on us so that we can see our flaws, see our brokenness, so that we can see our need for him. And our need for transformation. Follow the light. Follow the light. Because life is hard. Life is difficult. But even in the midst of, God still shines that light. And he says, call out to it. Call out to me. Father, Father, and he will come near to you. The nearness of God is the goodness of God. Where is your father? Watch what Jesus says here. Let's keep going, Pam. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. So he said to them again, I am going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I'm going, you cannot come. Oh, here it comes. So the Jews said, will he kill himself? As he says, where I'm going, you cannot come. <laughs> you know, man. When you lost, you come up with every excuse in the book not to follow Jesus. They said, "Jesus, are you gonna commit suicide? What you mean you ain't going You going somewhere we, 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 where we can't come? You mean to tell me you talking about you being the savior and you about to kill yourself? <laughs> Look what Jesus says. <laughs> this is his first word. You are from below. I am from above." You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. I ain't about to keep doing this song and dance with y'all, man. You either believe or you don't believe. These excuses, these questions, bruh, sis, stop. So he had to get clear. If you don't follow me, you will die. Is that clear? Is that clear for you? I ain't going to kill myself. But if you, don't, if you do not believe, you will. And see, church, Jesus does not get to this place lightly. He's been upfront. He's been clear. He's spoken parables. He's tried to bring it to their world. But it's like, fam, at some point, you have to understand the gravity of what I'm saying. I'm not doing this for me, I'm a doctor. What's up? Say what's up to that thing. I'm a doctor, I'm doing this for you, right? You would die in your sins. And, 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 and where this hits home for me, church, if I'm honest, there are times when I'm lost, I wanna go my own way, and he says, Jalen, if you keep going your way, you're gonna continue to be lost. You're gonna continue to be confused. Because you're not doing it my way, my way or the highway, right? If you want your marriage to be restored, my way. If you want to feel affirmed in your parenting in every way, my way. If you want to be affirmed in your friendships, my way. If you want healing, restoration, reconciliation in relationships in your lives, my way. You're going to continue to be lost. I'm not just telling you I'm from above and you're from, from below to indict you fully. I'm telling you this because there's an opportunity for you to come along and be from above with me and not stay below. But you got to follow the light. And I am that light. <laughs> Y'all pray for these Pharisees, man. Here's the next thing they say. Let's keep going, Pam. So they said to him, Who are you? Who are you? Let this be a lesson, church. Stubbornness, pride, selfishness can lead to destruction. It can lead to destruction. And again, this is not meant. To scare you into salvation. This is meant to offer you new life. This is meant to show you that there is a way, no, I'm sorry, that there is a primary way, there is the way, and that way is Jesus. Who are you? And see, here's the thing, right? When we're going through the darkness of our own lives, the truth of this gospel still shines through, but we're so tired and filled with doubt that at times we can say the same thing. Lord, who are you? Where are you? And it's in those moments where the grace of God and the mercy of God, even in that time, would say, I'm right here with you. I'm still here, fam. I'm still your father. Simply believe, trust, rely, and engage. That's the important word, engage me. Call out to me and watch me show up you. Look what Jesus said. Who are you? Jesus said to them, Just what I have been telling you from the beginning. <laughs> Jesus began tired too, man. I have much to say about you. Look at watch this right here. And much to judge. But he who sent me is true, and I declare the world what I have heard. I declare to the world what I have heard from him. I want to judge y'all, but it ain't my role, fam. That ain't what I'm here to do right now. I've come to do what the Father sent me to do. Rightly evaluate, I would do that on occasions. But right now, I got much to say about you jokers, but I'm going to save that to the end. My God, my God, my God. Then he continues on. They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So, let's keep going, Pam. So, Jesus said to them, when you have lifted me up, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He and that I do nothing on my own authority but speak just as a Father taught me. And He who sent me is with me, He has never left me alone. Now, right here. So we get a foreshadow of the cross. We get a foreshadow that Jesus is saying that I will die on the cross. And not only that, take this out. He's saying, not only will I die on the cross, you're going to put me there. When you have lifted up the Son of Man, you're going to execute me because you don't believe. It's tough. Then you know that I'm true. But, but, but see, I'm glad we're ending on this. No. So Jesus foreshadows the cross. The cross is, in, is on the horizon. Look at what he says. And he who sent me, he who sent me to do his will, he who sent me to do his glorious work, is with me. He has not left me alone. You know, church, I'm talking, I want to encourage somebody right now that God sends us, God calls us to do very hard things. Jesus already acknowledges that. He knows the cross will be hard. He knows the cross will, will, will just be excruciating, right? But he also knows that on the other side, of the cross is resurrection, new life, and transformation. And there are times in our lives where God calls us to do things like forgive, like, re- like reconcile, like, 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 like love someone who we don't like that much, like like, 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 like like endure things that we just don't feel like enduring and we rather quit. God says, I'm calling you to that so that you can endure it and be transformed by it. I've sent you to do it. And and, and what Jesus says here is that when the Father sends you, when the Father calls you, he will always be with you. He will never forsake you. His nearness will be his goodness for you. His nearness will be his power in you. His nearness will empower you to endure and navigate whatever he's calling you to do. You've been sent, church. You've been called to do some hard things in your life. The Father has called you. The Father has sent you. And as you are consistently engaging and dialoguing with him, he's going to tell you. Andrew, I got something for you, fam. I'm going to need you to do this hard thing. I I know it's difficult. I know it's hard. But I'm with you son, I'm right there with you. I'm not leaving you, I'm empowering you every step of the way. I am with you. And people of God, hear me when I say, in the darkness of your life, when it seems so dark that you cannot see, remember these words from Jesus. In the midst of the darkness of this world, this was probably a draining encounter. He just have these Pharisees. I am drained by your unbelief. I am tired from your unbelief, but I'm still called. I've still been sent. I still have to keep going. And see, as tired as I am, the Father empowers me. And propels me to keep going. And yes, in the limitations of our humanity, we are called to rest. We're called to stop. We're called to pa- no. We're called to pause, not stop. Right? We got to keep going. Why? Because he's with me, and he has not left me. He he ends up by saying, "For I always do the things that are pleasing to him." Jesus gives us the blueprint how to live the life because whatever pleases god is for my good whatever pleases god is for my good i may not be able to see it through my worldly and at times fleshly lens but i know that since god is my creator and sustainer if he's telling me to do it then it must be for my good so i do it not by my own might and not by my own power. I do it by his power and by his presence being near to me. The presence of God, the nearness of God, is the goodness of God. And he is by saying, as he was saying these words, many believed in him. So don't let some of the Pharisees in your life deter you from doing the work of God. Because while some may not appreciate or hear what God has called you to do, there are always other people around you looking and saying, you know what? I see you, Rach. Others around you may not see you, but I see you. I hear you. I see how you walk. I see how you talk. And there's something about you that I want to know. And there's something about you that has touched my life And as Jesus was teaching in the temple courts, the Pharisees questioned. The Pharisees didn't believe. But there are those who say, you know what? Based on everything he's saying and based on everything he's shown, I believe what he's saying. Your work is never in vain. There's always a remnant. There's always going to be light that God shows us that allows us to keep going as drained as these pharisees may have drained the energy of Jesus when Jesus said saw that when he when he saw when he saw that people were believing in him it was an encouraging thing to him he said you know what father i'm happy to do your will i'm happy to follow your way because i know that it's going to touch and transform so many in my path. Let's pray. As the worship team comes back up. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the glory of your word. We thank you for revelation, and we thank you for restoration. God, as we come to the table this morning. We acknowledge our own stubbornness, We acknowledge our own sin, and God, in acknowledging that, our prayer is that we, that you can shine a light on us so that we can see the faults and flaws of our ways, the brokenness of our ways, and be transformed by the power of your light and the power of your life. Father, we need you. We need you every single day, and we cannot do this without you. God, we're thankful that you pursue us at every turn. And I just pray that we acknowledge you in your pursuit of us so that we can feel your nearness, feel your presence when we need it the most. Thank you, God, for all you've done. In Jesus' name we do pray, amen.